Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent. According to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon, peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 24, beginning on page 384. Fret not thyself because of the ungodly, godly, neither be thou envious against the evildoers. For they shall soon be cut down like grass, and be withered even as a green herb. Put thou thy trust in the Lord, and be doing good. Dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thou in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire, heart's desire. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and put thy trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall make thy righteousness as clear as the light, and thy just dealing as the noonday. Hold thee still in the Lord, and abide patiently upon him. But grieve not thyself at him whose way doth prosper against the man that doeth after evil counsels. Leave off from wrath, and let go displeasure. Fret not thyself, else shall thou be moved to do evil. Wicked doers shall be rooted out, and they that patiently abide the Lord, those shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the ungodly shall be clean gone. Thou shalt look after his place, and he shall be way. But the meek-spirited shall possess the earth, and shall be refreshed in the multitude of peace. The ungodly seeketh counsel against the just, and gnash upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh him to scorn, for he hath seen that his day is coming. The ungodly have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be upright in their ways. Their sword shall go through their own heart, and their bow shall be broken. 
A small thing that the righteous hath is better than great riches of the ungodly. For the arms of the ungodly shall be broken, and the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the godly, and their inheritance shall endure forever. They shall not be confounded in the perilous time, and in the days of dearth they shall have enough. As for the ungodly, they shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall consume them as the fat of lambs, yea, even as the smoke shall they be, shall they consume away. The ungodly borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous is merciful and liberal. Such are, such as are blessed of God shall possess the land, and they shall, and they that curse of him shall be rooted out. The Lord ordereth a good man's going, and maketh his way acceptable to himself. Though he fall, he shall be cast away, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifth chapter of Esther. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand that Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. So Esther answered, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther had prepared. At the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, what is your petition? It shall be granted to you. What is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. Then Esther answered and said, My petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So Haman went out that day, joyful with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, and that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and sent and called for his friends and his wife, Zeresh. Then Haman told them of his great riches, the multitude of his children, everything in which the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the officials and servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, Besides, Queen Esther invited no one but me to come in with the king to the banquet that she prepared, and tomorrow I am again invited by her, along with the king. Yet all this avails me nothing, so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, Let a gallows be made, fifty cubits high, and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman. So he had the gallows made. Here endeth the first lesson.
My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud, the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He remembering his mercy a hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth Paul's first letter to the Romans. Paul, a bondservant in Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you are also called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve, with the Spirit and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by some means, now at last I might find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
he ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, the spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. The love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about tonight's lessons. Uh, our chapter in Esther here is sort of we can see it as sort of a setup, and it's interesting to note how intelligently and carefully Esther is is laying a trap for Haman here, in that she she took a risk by going before the king without being invited, and that could have resulted in her death, but that she goes before the king and he grants her an audience with him. And then she invites him and Haman to dinner, a banquet. And this seems to be a, a function of the court where they would have these drinking banquets where you would go in and imbibe in alcohol and, you know, feel really good about yourself. And this was going to go on for the first time, and then she plans a second one. And all this is laying the groundwork for for Haman's comeuppance and the the rescue of her people. And what we see in in Haman here is a something common we see in a lot of people who have are lack confidence in the things that they have. He has been granted riches in this life he has been he rose in power he has been given honors by the king and yet the fact that he is not deferred to and bowed down to by mordecai really galls him because deep down he realizes how meaningless these things are because he gets from Mordecai his real worth, that these are just 
false things. There are things added on to Haman and aren't intrinsic to Haman's actual worth as a human being. And this is always a result of very small people when they encounter others who are not focused on them, are not focused on the same things the world is focused on, on acquisition of power or control over other people, but instead focus on God. Once you start to focus on God, you will naturally have enemies because you are not deferring to them, because you have rejected the world's intrinsic values in the things of this world, in, in money, in power, in, in prestige. So that sort of focus on God will always result in having enemies. And so that brings us to our New Testament lesson where Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And one of the reasons that the, the, the church in Rome became such a beacon to the, the early Christian church is because exactly for those reasons, they're in the heart of the Roman Empire, in the capital city. And yet they're, they're even at this early stage, he's writing in the year 57 or 58 AD. Even by this point, their faith has become a beacon to the rest of the church. They see they're facing their own sort of persecutions around, but here they see this tremendous faith of these people who are in the heart of the, the enemy's capital. And they're staying steadfast in it. But there are some problems that, that Paul will address and problems that crop up a lot in his epistles and problems that continue to crop up throughout history and even today. And these are these divisions. You know, one of the, the, the interesting things about the ancient world is how nationalistic each of the, the peoples were. For the Romans, it was all about, I'm a Roman and every el everyone else is a foreigner or a barbarian. The Greeks actually came up with a term for barbarians who are anyone who wasn't a Greek. And likewise, the Jewish people had, it was all, you were either a Jew or you were a Gentile. All the other people were Gentiles and they weren't in the club. It was very inwardly focused on your own group of people. And so when you are confronted with a faith that embraces all of humanity, it is very tempting to sort of compartmentalize and start to wind up with divisions where the you would have Greeks siding with other Greeks. You would have the Jewish converts all siding with the other Jewish converts. And so this is something that Paul is constantly on dealing with in his ministry and his evangelism as he goes to these different places. And that's why he takes pains to, to talk about how he has benefited from all these people. And he's going to attempt to make this a ensure that it's a unified church in Rome and doesn't break up into these divisions. And then finally, the, the other thing to look out for in his 
the rest of his letter. And it's got a lot to, to unpack. But he's going to talk about salvation in such a way that it's not, it's very narrow to focus on it as salvation of from our sins and so that we get to go to heaven. He's going to focus a lot on salvation as a newness of life right now that you are saved from the the from captivity to sin and now you have a new life now available to you and so all of this is going to be based on how Jesus himself changes the equation this is not something that you can you can believe in Jesus and then some good things will happen to you the fact that Jesus came into this world died for our sins and rose again from the dead completely changes everything it's a uh, watershed moment where the entire reality that we know of the universe of everything changes in that moment and everything is changed because of that and you can either get on board with it and realize the truth or you're going to be left out of the equation so there's just some things to watch out for We'll continue with the intercession on the bottom of page 590. And we'll take a moment to call to mind our own prayers and those we are praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Thanks to Barb and Deacon Bob for stepping up and helping out. And hope you have a great Monday night. Thank you, Deacon John. Have a good night, Thank everyone. Thank you so much. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you.